0: Hello and welcome to a special Champions League edition of the. It's not that special. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to a Champions League edition of the Stadio podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Um, I'm alright. I'm really good. Yeah? Can I just say why? Yeah, because first of all, as we've just seen, the most adorable toddler of all time just walked into the cafe. Oh Isn't yeah, it? so cute. He you. He was lovely. He was lovely. Eating this like, cup of foamy milk that was the size of his own head. He's like, oh um, my god, that's Musa Kwonga. And also last night, I'm very happy to, <laughs> yeah, last night I'm very happy to, I listened to Stadio. Shy poet. For Shy poet. I'm also very happy because I got to spend last night watching the Liverpool Athletic game with Zane Shake who is a huge studio fan as it turns out and oh so he's the one <laughs> your dad as well your dad's a, well I think your dad's dad's gone quiet really yeah he's happy I think he's stepped out of the limelight oh, there are some people that listen to this podcast once they get a mention they're done But you don't hear from them again yeah, yeah exactly just on to the next yeah exactly thank you next <laughs>
1: Uh, before we get into the Champions League stuff, quick bit of admin, five to follow with FOTMob. I'm doing this week's, Yeah. if there's any games left. Indeed, yeah. So if you're listening to this on Friday, check the description of the podcast. It should have a link to take you straight there. Follow the games on the weekend via FOTMob. Apologies if, if any get called off after it gets published. Yeah. Also, if you do listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and a review. It helps us grow the podcast. It does. Travel up those charts, baby. It does I actually, oh actually on the chart thing I found out that you know when we mentioned we charted? Yeah. It was we'd actually peaked way higher ages ago. I just hadn't checked.
0: Oh that's so funny.
1: Hey, we've been in we've been in the top ten. Oh my god. Where? In the UK. You're joking.
0: For football podcasts. That's wild. There you go. And we didn't even know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times, good times. Well thanks for listeners. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks everyone. So, actually yeah, I can see like I don't say this enough actually. Thank you for tuning in. Like it's really gratifying that people are just listening and and
1: I have no idea why you're all listening but I really (laughs) appreciate
0: it I was just not to reason why (laughs) you guys know
1: nothing you know nothing
0: right let's let's move on to the football let's do it so yeah we actually split these games so you watched PSG I actually watched all of them you did well how did what you watched I did the most full length no, don't help me.
1: <laughs> well, I basically so I watched. She believes I did this morning before we recorded. Yeah, I watched the Leipzig Spurs game in full. Yeah, I watched the Valencia Atalanta highlights. Yeah, extended highlights. Good sixteen minute long highlights. They They're were great. Were good actually, well, you yeah. needed sixteen minutes to get all the goals in. You did. Yeah, and then I watched PSG Dortmund live. Yeah, switched it over. Got all of extra time for um, Liverpool Athletic, and then. Rewatch the full highlights of that again extended nice extended highlights
0: oh it's similar got too.
1: this nice site that has quite long extended highlights which I won't out because they'll they're probably breaking the law
0: Say <laughs> <laughs> so. no more Say no more yeah so where do we start with PSG Dortmund
1: I reckon we've got to go with Liverpool Athlete okay fair enough because this is the the holders going
0: out I was almost going to say best till last, but yeah, let's start with that.
1: No, let's start with that. Give the people what they want in case some people just want to check out. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay. This but I game... would recommend staying till the end. We're just self-isolating in our in our studio. Yeah,
0: exactly. Actually, it's quite poignant because we're speaking the morning after the NBA has decided to suspend the league. And we're also speaking at a time when Europe seems to be and much of the world in kind of coronavirus imminent shutdown mode, if that makes sense.
1: I imagine that we will probably have quite a lot of time to dissect stuff like this.
0: I think that's right. When football is
1: cancelled yeah. in a matter of days, I imagine. Actually, we had, let's start. Should we have a quick question to start off with? Yeah, why not? From the great man Dembo, hey! a.k.a. Stefan Ersfeld.
0: At Ursfeld on Twitter.
1: He said, Will you miss football? Yes. Sure, you know what I won't. I won't one bit. Not oh my one God, bit. Oh, my God. I, fuck it. Fuck this season. <laughs> Get in the bid. Oh, no. I don't care. Arsenal are 10th. Arsenal's still 10th. Doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't matter. So Liverpool Atleti at Anfield. Oh my goodness, this game had everything. And we, we spoke about this before the podcast and you said, oh, it's not, but I think it is actually peak Atleti.
1: Whenever Atleti pull off a performance of any kind, you always just say it's peak Atleti. I just don't know what that means anymore.
0: I think it's because I think that Atleti is a state of mind, not a scoreline. Oh,
1: wow. Big Atleti energy. Is yeah, Atleti.
0: And, it, and it is. Because if, if, if you look at it in the context of like, because don't get me wrong, peak Atleti would be like, you know, 1 0 win at home, 0 0 away, you know, but that would be a scoreline. But I think it's a state of mind. It's an energy. And to go into Anfield and ruin a run at a third straight Champions League final, to go into Anfield on the peak of a coronavirus shutdown when nothing else in your season is going right, you're out of the Copa del Rey, you're out of the title race, your biggest signing before Jarrell Felix was a complete bust. Thomas Lamar, you know, much respect, but just, it hasn't worked. Bless him, it hasn't worked. And you're having
1: more criticism than you've probably endured over your right. athletic career.
0: Absolutely. So, so many things are going badly for you. Diego Costa is not the player he was, doesn't have the mobility, the physicality. Murata has the size of Costa, but not the presence. To go with all of that and to just get Jair Felix back you're know, going into this game and you pull off a performance like that. It's the most impressive athletic away performance I've seen since they beat Chelsea 3-1 at Stamford Bridge yeah. with Arda Turan just running riot. So to go into Anfield with all of that and to pull out a performance like that, astonishing.
1: The thing I took away from this game was I thought Liverpool were really impressive. Yes. I thought they were a little bit wasteful in certain opportunities, Mo Salah specifically. I thought his decision making at a few points was quite poor. There was that one chance that he had where he tried to open his body up and essentially just shot straight at Oblak where there were much better options square. And this isn't the first time this has happened. I don't want to single him out specifically, but it was just something I noticed through because at this level and at this stage of a tournament against a team like Atleti, that's the difference. You know, a good good goalkeeper or I think probably the best goalkeeper in the world, Yano Black.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: I saw Seb Stafford blow. Something really interesting, and I totally agree with him. Where he said, You know, a lot has been made about how impressive Oblack is, but he is so good that this, a lot of this was kind of routine for him. Yes. I don't think he had an absolute worldly of a game. I think he made one or two really, really good saves. Yes. But the rest you would kind of expect Oblack to make the difference was potentially that i mean adrian isn't a terrible goalkeeper but no. i thought his positioning for all
0: the athletic goals was quite poor This seems a bit unlucky with the second one because it got he got bent around two players
1: i mean that was a really smart finish i thought yeah yeah but definitely the third and definitely the first his footwork was a bit bad yeah. can i
0: can i in his in adrian's defense and in oblak's defense as well we don't i want to just mention this in the podcast the amount of rain if you saw how the ball was coming off the turf yeah, so in, ter- in terms of how it affects your foothold your fo- yeah. your footing you know, I know they have got the long studs, but the amount of rain that was landing, and there were a couple of times the ball skidded on the pitch, and people were going, "Oh, look at that, he's pumped." I said, "Yeah, but look, when these players at that level hit the ball topspin, mm. and it speeds up off the turf, and it's bouncing a couple of times, so to get it away, you're just like these strong wrists to get away, but it's actually a lot harder than it looks." Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but could I just say, in Salah's defence, I know that's a great point you made, but I was talking to Zayn about this when we were talking last night at the game over a delicious dal. Shout out to the delicious dal that he cooked last night with the lemon juice—amazing. We were talking about this. Um, about Mo Salah, I and mean, I was saying, look, actually, of all the players in the front three, he's the one you'd probably flip for a Julian Brandt or a Mbappe. Or Sancho or Sancho or an Mbappe. I said, actually, well, but then again, Salah's so physically strong. And as I was sort of critiquing Salah, he did incredible work in the first half, really destroying Atleti on the overlap. I mean, I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Atleti, I don't know why Atleti gave so much room. I understand the low block, but a low block and a narrow one against a team that crosses that well, and everyone made all this fuss about. Liverpool crossing so much, but I'm saying, look, everyone's, oh, they're crossing the ball so much. If you watched the game, you'd understand why, because they were absolutely destroying Atleti, and the only thing that saved Atleti was some really outstanding defending and calmness. I'm not sure there's any defence calmer than Atleti at defending the ball off the first bounce. A lot of players will slash the ball clear when the bounce is once in the box. Atleti look up and they play it out. Even mm. if it's not good to a player, they play it to a space. If you look at their pass completion is deceptively low, it's like 59%. But a lot of those safety first yeah exactly Um, uh, Thomas Partey for example was outstanding last night and I'm not sure he played more than five or six forward passes I mean he's
1: been so good all season two
0: incredible performances Thomas Partey reminded me of like when Thor is building the hammer he's getting a new hammer in like um, Infinity War and he stands in front of a star and he takes the full force of a dying star like he gets blasted with like a a comet (laughs) and Thomas Partey in the midfield withstood everything like they threw everything at that guy and he didn't waver do you know what I mean like it's it's one of the best defensive midfield performances i've seen over two legs i mean he's brilliant anyway, he's unbelievable
1: i feel a little sorry for liverpool fans in a way because i don't i think they kind of did enough to go through weirdly it was what i mean a lot of people will say oh no but yeah how could they because they conceded with this or whatever but actually you know they did enough really against any other side pretty much in the competition i More think enough. they would have gone through last that night. felt like
0: a semi-final that the quality yeah. of that game, I mean, I have to say, if, if, anybody, if anyone talks like and I'm a, I'm a United fan, so I might be expected to be partisan, listen, anyone talked like this, they didn't watch the game in detail or they watched it with mm. blinkered eyes because what I saw was a Liverpool team, an Atleti team. You could see them. It, it was like intellectual from the very first action of Joao Felix. He gets the ball, turns aside from his man, plays a beautiful ball in behind, almost reminded me of, sort of a young Kaka. Mm. And the very moment that the game kicked off, you saw Liverpool. And the, the level of decision-making was so high. And the only thing that saved Atleti was the crossbar, the width of a couple of posts, because Liverpool were dominant for, I would say, 80% of the two hours. Yeah. Of the two hours. Like, and any other team, I said, to, I said to Zane, I said, you do realise this is normal time. Against it's any other team, it would be 3-4-0. And I think this game is going to remind people, in fact, paradoxically, just how hard it is to play at Anfield. Mm. Because this team, I said, Barcelona, if Barcelona had come here with a 1-0, with Liverpool in this mood, it could have been 5 or 6. Mm. They, they could Liverpool could have beaten them five or six any other team in Europe Liverpool would have won that game by three clear goals yeah. on current form they were that good last night
1: we had a question from Mash St Paddy on Twitter saying where does Simeone rank in the pound for pound rankings as manager we focus on certain managers and philosophies and identities but relative to resources and finals trophies competition who trumps him
0: over the last 10 years no one
1: but also I do think that this is a narrative that gets pushed around a little bit more than it should do Yes, he is the highest paid manager in world football.
0: And they have spent a lot of money at Letty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you would argue that he's operating at what he should be.
0: Yes. And actually, arguably, I'd say slightly below. Well, I would, I, you know well, I mean, he's definitely
1: up there. Yes. Because I just don't think that many managers have the ability to completely galvanise a club that way, even when they're performing so poorly. Over a sustained period. And to yeah. win that
0: league title, that Lear League, that Lear league tri- um, title they had. To win in that era against both those teams was extraordinary as an achievement. Well,
1: we had another question. If you want to,
0: yeah, of course, let's go. let's go. Yeah, we
1: had one from Musa Ongwanga. who said, ha, ha. Uh, "Why do Atleti seem like the kind of team that Bain would support?" Which we ended up deciding that it's the kind of team that Bain is actually managing.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, Bain. Like, I look at that, and they are such a supervillain team, Atleti. You know, they're, 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 this is this was kind of the Dark Knight Rises of football performances, yeah. where Anfield is Gotham, and you know, Liverpool are basically Bruce Wayne, and Bain just steps in and just wrecks shop. They're the League of Shadows. Like even, even the even from the all black kit, there was something so vampiric and predatory about Atleti's performance in the most beautiful way. That this was a beautiful performance, and it's strange because you might say fifty nine percent pass completion, twenty nine percent possession, but that's the same percentage of possession they had. when they beat Dortmund. I think they went away and beat Dortmund two. No, they beat Dortmund two 0 in the wonder. Metropolitano, and it was this funny moment of there's a symmetry there when Atletico just come out and they absorb every punch that you give them. And like, you know, Joao Felix, he got like quite a low rating off one of the websites. And I thought, they're not game you are watching, but I saw Joao Felix making unbelievable movements the entire match. He's only been back for like, I think, two full games mm. before this one. He'd scored. And I said this on the podcast, not to sound smug, I said something, but I said, look out for this guy. And it's strange that a player so gifted seems so happy playing for a team which gives him so little of the ball. But I think he kind of likes, I think that's kind of his nasty. I think he likes the fact that I'm not going to get more than 10 touches a half. Mm. So in terms of the phases of the game, we saw Liverpool dominate. Well, after that, started pretty well. They got the goal at the perfect time. Wijnaldum scored just before half time. And I think that was a funny thing because I, I was talking to Zane and I said, it's weird because if he said to Klopp, 1-0 at half time, we'll kick on from here. One on an aggregate. Klopp would have been like really happy with that. And There was this great moment. Klopp runs into the um, tunnel mm. on the stroke of half time. And I thought, I love that theatre that, that Klopp brings to it. He's basically saying to everyone who can see him, because it's a performance, this is the urgency we have. We're going to go after them. This beautiful period from like after half time to about 65 minutes where Liverpool just look, they're going to get like, I mean, I, I thought in my head, Liverpool going to win this 3-0. Yeah, it was done. It, it was done. done. Yeah, but as, done. Soon,
1: as soon as Liverpool scored, I thought, It was done.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, the the greatest testament to Liverpool, to Atleti, sorry, is the fact that by the final whistle of extra time, Alexander-Arnold had come off his wing. Mm. And you see when a team has been broken and the thing that I think will hurt Liverpool most is they lost not being themselves. In the same way when you saw City lose to United, Sterling came off the wing against Wan-Bissaka and I said, that was a mistake. Even though Wan-Bissaka is tackling you, push him back on his heels to the touchline. Mm. Use your pace to get behind him, right? Use your movement to get behind him. But Sterling came in, field looked for the ball, and City lost their shape. And you see Liverpool lose their shape completely in the last 15 minutes because Alexander Arnold abandons what was working. It was working when he was going out wide and slinging in and keeping the shape. And so that's what Atleti did do. And, and Zane said this. Zane was so funny. He said Atleti are so good they make you the worst version of yourselves. People said in the first leg, oh Atleti Liverpool played bad. He said just, just don't, like, just like Bane did to Batman. Yeah, Bane turned Batman. Yeah, Bane turned Batman to a monster. Yeah. <laughs> I no, said so this. Okay, so when I came back last night, I tweeted about Bane being like, you know, the manager of Liverpool and being. I said, you know, this was manager like, of Atleti. I said, you know, I was like, you know, I was like, you know, Bane is Anfield's reckoning. And um, I get back to my um, my flat. And I'm walking up the stairs to get the train back, and I listen to his voicemail. And Sheridan Bird, shout out Sheridan, who works for Juventus uh, TV, does the English language um, commentary. He'd sent me a perfect impersonation of Diego Simeone as Bane talking to Klopp. And I was like, I was laughing so loud, the woman outside the station heard me as so I walked down the steps. It was amazing.
1: Unbelievable. Uh, let's move on to the other game from that evening. PSG 2, Dortmund 0, PSG through three, 3-2 on aggregate. Dortmund were very disappointing. Really? But I think a lot of it came from how impressive PSG were. I actually tweeted about this during the game that at half time this was probably the most complete PSG performance I, yeah, I can remember. Because yeah. Yeah. They, they were quite good going forward. They got, had a few chances. Uh, Neymar scored in the 28th minute. But the thing that was really impressive I thought was that as soon as they lost the ball they were instantly back in a really solid defensive shape. You know how we imagine Tuchel's teams to potentially be yeah. if everyone's switched on or on board. This was what it was like.
0: Can I have a bit of hot take for you? Go for it. I think Neymar's injury helped Tuchel perfect his defensive shape. Because mm. when he was out, the attack reconfigured around Di Maria, who is a much more efficient player when he's on his game. And in terms of like defensively, I know he loses the ball a bit sometimes in the final third, but defensively Di Maria is so diligent. And I almost feel like if, it go, if Di Maria is on, PSG are on. That mm. makes sense. And I really, when I was watching some of the games when Neymar was out, they just looked so much more fluid in attack, but also crucially structured in defence, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I, th- I thought they were really impressive. Juan Panac got the second. Dortmund made a couple of changes in the second half. I, they looked better when Julian Brandt came on and was playing in a deeper role. I think that was probably a... Mistake? Well, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Of huh? course it is, yeah. But I think if Lucien Favre was going to regret something, I think it might have been his midfield pairing. And we've said before how solid they look with Emre Can and Axel Witzel in midfield, <laughs> yeah. but I think... We expected them to score at the Parc des Princes.
0: The promise, is unnecessary risk, wasn't. It? I think. I think putting Brandt in a deep line midfield as a two. I mean, not being funny. The way PSG come out at home, you might have been like, we've been well. Why have they done that? They've blown them away. But the thing is, if they would
1: scored early, I think this the whole context of this game changes.
0: I almost wonder Brandt should have started though. That's what high, I'm saying. High up the field, yeah.
1: Well, no, because I think he's. I think he's much more effective deeper. Actually, Julian Brandt.
0: Um, oh, I agree. about I agree with that. I agree, but for this specific match, I feel like that axis.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, maybe instead of maybe instead of talking Hazard. Yeah. You never know. I mean, but...
0: Hazard's been good though.
1: Yeah, Emery Chan got sent off right at the end, which was just really weird. He got, he's... I thought he got two yellows, one for the tackle and Neymar, which I didn't even really think was a foul. And then he got, and then he pushed Neymar because Neymar went at him with his head. And he got straight red from Anthony Taylor. Do you know who Neymar reminds,
0: no, Neymar reminds me of? Late era Eminem. Eminem used to get profile off just the stuff that he did. But late era Eminem only gets profile off responding or attacking people. And when I saw the Harlan thing, when they were mocking Haaland's celebration... Oh, yeah, we had end, a couple of questions <clears throat> about this. Well, when I saw... You know, I thought to myself, I thought, that's Neymar's idea. We had a
1: question from Ravin Clare. After a great performance against Dortmund, how classless was the PSG celebration at the end?
0: He wasn't mocking PSG when he celebrated like that. He was having fun in his own right. He wasn't going, I'm dumping on PSG, I'm, like, snapping the Eiffel Tower in half. I'm, you know, he wasn't doing that.
1: I thought it was interesting that out of... The whole squad that was pictured doing it, only Thiago Silva and Ander Herrera didn't do it.
0: That's so they it. know. That's so in. yeah, they know. Real G's no. That's interesting. And I think there's a um
1: I mean if I if I was Thomas Duckel, I'd be going absolutely berserk about this because obviously after last year's exit to Manchester United and you saw how much it meant to Neymar because he missed last year yeah, and going through and all of this kind of stuff. And I get that. But also some awareness would be good because the two the two clubs are in completely different ballparks.
0: Really, do you, know you know what I mean? This you know, this is, you know it's the bottom of this. Neymar's jealousy because Holland is being talked about. Is well, the, I don't know if it's I don't,
1: I don't know if it is or if it isn't. I think it's easy to get caught up in emotion with stuff like that. But this maybe for me is the thing that's really consistent around PSG is that they lose focus. Like as soon as they've won that game, yeah, sure celebrate. That is a massive win coming from behind on an aggregate score to beat Dortmund over two legs. This Dortmund side, who are impressive. But how much was Holland? An eleventh of what Neymar cost. Yeah. If someone paid eleven times what they paid for the guy you're mocking.
0: It's the la- look at it's the last sixteen lads. You know what I want.
1: Joel and Beard Territory Man.
0: I want this game. Real estate to be played in quarantine. Real estate. I want Atalanta, in Neymar's in, head. I want Atalanta to put them out.
1: Ah, ah, ah. no we can't say who we want people to put out on stuff we've got to be impartial but like no, do we? I'm not impartial
0: I so right you're the nice guy on this podcast we know who the devil is <laughs> you're
1: Bane yeah absolutely anyway Dortmund are out and they have a derby on Saturday against Schalke which I am not going to now yeah because sure. of Corona yeah indeed Corona so I shall be watching it within the safety of my own home mm. let's go to a break let's do it All right, we're back from the break and we're going to Moose's current favourite topic because he is all in on that bandwagon.
0: Oh, the coronavirus? No, Atalanta. Atalanta, yeah, okay, Atalanta. Um, Atalanta. Is this the best
1: game ever to have no one watching it?
0: Yeah. Probably. If right. Joseph Milicic scores four goals... The in goal stadium, never was. Did the goals even happen? Exactly. Four goals. Look, it's funny because I've always... You know, I'm a Milicic stan... You are. And he was just beautiful to watch. And someone compared him. Uh, there was a great question we got. Someone said, is he similar to sort of peak Yaya Arture? Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, what a lovely question. I was like, but also I, I see the elements there, like yes and no, because they're both big players who don't use bulk. I think Ilicic has a little quicker turn of pace. I would say that's right. Um, but they're both interesting because Ilicic isn't that great in the air despite being really tall. I think Yaya Toure is actually underappreciated personally. he's completely underappreciated. completely underappreciated he's extraordinary he's extraordinary yeah. like, he doesn't these are big guys who don't use bolt they're actually incredibly elusive I'm like where's the literature gone like he's yeah. how it, how, he's not being picked up and it's not the marking was bad it's just, he takes up these really clever positions on the half turn actually it's quite similar to David Silver. peak David Silver but with, with better finishing the base of David Silver was selfish
1: he's, he's literally like, twice as tall as David Silver yeah. as well but
0: in terms of his movement and his stance and his playmaking his reverse passes. Someone that manages to create that much and that scores that much. I mean, they're just, Atalanta are just a joy. And 8-4 on aggregate. 8-4 on aggregate. Shout out to Valencia fans who were outside the stadium and you could hear them from inside. same as the PSG. Oh, amazing.
1: I mean, what is the point in playing stuff behind closed doors and then everyone's congregating together outside anyway? Yeah.
0: It was kind of adorable though, wasn't it, to hear them like just, so they made it actually quite Mestaya. Well, I went went to,
1: you know when I went to the Arsenal game last season at Mestaya? Yeah. And the, I've never seen a welcome like that at a stadium beforehand. It was unbelievable, unbelievable,
0: unbelievable fans.
1: Mustaya, um, uh, by the way, one of the, one of the best stadiums I've been to. But yeah, actually, that's probably why it was so jarring here in the Mustaya. So, it, well, I was hearing it
0: empty. Well, what's funny about this game at Atlanta Valencia was Illich had two goals in the first half, I think two penalties, and I was like, oh, he's on course to score four. I didn't tweet it because I was like, he's not going to score four. <laughs> I went <and> scored four. <laughs> um. And I felt very smug because I'd written a piece about Alachich just the week before on the Stadio website. Yeah, he um, did, which was a really sort of good feeling to know that a player who I think is so amazing is getting his kind of place in the sun. Um, But yeah, just a beautiful footballer, kind of like an Enzo Francescoli, like a real throwback. All right, nerd. (laughs) <laughs> sorry sorry no <laughs> <laughs> no that's fair how dare you reference a football as a dad then his only son after like you know yeah god he's not mainstream at all yeah but just just a joy to watch Atalanta and um, yeah I hope they push on whichever whichever form the next tournaments take that we see being played in the next 12 months I hope they just keep pushing on like this year's
1: Ajax yeah they really are from a side who were joyous to watch to a side who were not Tottenham Hotspur lost 3-0 to RB Leipzig in Leipzig and are out 4-0 on aggregate. Again, very easy for narrative this game. Yeah, I think Spurs never really stood a chance over the two legs with the injuries they've got. I mean, let alone the bigger problems at play here at Spurs. If this was last year, Potts was in charge, they had the same injuries, I still think they would have gone out,
0: personally. I think that's right. The the people, I think, have underestimated Leipzig outside Germany, which I get, because they don't watch them every week and you don't see what they're doing, you don't see the coaching. I totally get it. I don't expect people to be experts on the German league. I just think that. Well, we're not the experts. Level, <laughs> exactly. No, we're not. Absolutely not. I think the level of sophistication that Nagelsmann has added to the Leipzig attack. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very difficult to think of a team whose attack has improved so dramatically. You know, it went from being a weakness of theirs last year to perhaps their greatest strength. Yeah. And it's really impressive that.
1: Yeah. And he, he rested a few players for the Wolfsburg game because of this game. Yeah. And that cost them in the league, really I did, think there really. may be a shift in priorities happening. Yeah, perhaps. perhaps. I think they maybe sniff a little more potential success in the Champions League. I mean, whisper, Yeah, wise. whisper it lightly, exactly. Say, for example, Real Madrid go through, miraculously, against Manchester City over two legs. I fancy Leipzig in that. I do. I think the thing about the Champions League, which is really interesting this season, is that there isn't an outstanding team compared to everyone else. There isn't anyone who's light years ahead of anyone. And so much of it is going to come down to match-ups.
0: There's not an outstanding team, but the, this is actually, you're completely right, just to jump in as one well, at, at that point. There's no outstanding team, but I still think the only team that would have beaten Liverpool was Atleti. Over- yeah, well, this is a matchup. thing. Yeah, exactly. I said this to Zane last night. It's, like, it's so funny. We said this before. Every single team got the worst possible opponent they could have got, I think. With the exception of Atalanta, Atalanta getting Valencia, I think, because Valencia let you play. That was the one game where but nobody would want to get Atalanta. No one would be like, oh, Atalanta, great. No one's actually going to look forward to that.
1: I don't think anyone was particularly happy about the draw, yeah. I agree. No, no, no. No No one wanted any um, parts of that. I mean, I mean Klopp, at the time, we thought that Barca Napoli, that Barca would take that. Yeah. And then the winter happened. and
0: Well, I don't want, to laugh, I don't want to laugh at Klopp because I love Jürgen Klopp. The one time I did laugh at him was because when they lost 1-0 on the first leg, I, I said to you, I was like, Jürgen Klopp was like Iron Man dreaming of the arrival of Thanos. He was like... was well, there's a lot he of was, comic book references well, he well, he was having nightmares. You know, like Iron Man has nightmares about Thanos years before he yeah. meets him. Klopp was having nightmares about that first leg. He, the second he saw the draw, he was like, just don't let it be a 1-0. Don't be a one on the first leg. And he was like, it's everything he feared happening. And he was powerless to prevent it.
1: It's really interesting the shockwaves that that first leg caused for Liverpool. They haven't been playing well since. I mean, we spoke about Liverpool, but they've played so much better against Atleti than they have done for ages, actually. You made a
0: great point, actually, about that. I think you're right. We haven't actually talked about the seismic impact of that on their season.
1: Yeah, psychologically, that's... It was huge. Yeah. Even the way that they were all being interviewed and the way that they were talking, it switched something. Even Klopp, I was quite surprised at Klopp, actually. But, I mean, Liverpool, who cares? The, the league is the absolute priority for Liverpool this year. It really you know? is. And
0: Three straight Champions League finals. People, that, I mean, pe- come on. People forget no, well, the Real. too. two. No, they went, they went to Real. Yeah, so they lost to Real. And they obviously beat Spurs. So I said, to get to three straight, I said, oh, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. people don't understand. This is the first
1: yeah. time that Klopp has lost a two-leg European tie as Liverpool. Liverpool manager.
0: So yeah, but not to dwell on Liverpool because they've got so many great things going for them, but just that, this matchup thing. And I said, we were talking last night, I said, this is why it's the best tournament in World Football.
1: Why are we talking about this again? We've gone from Spurs to Spurs-Leipzig to Liverpool I'm sorry, because it wasn't
0: that, yeah, I'm sorry, it wasn't that interesting.
1: But carry on, sorry. Well, I mean, maybe we should, the Spurs have got Manchester United this weekend, right? well, does anyone
0: have anyone this weekend? Yeah, I think Make the games will go ahead this yeah, okay, weekend. Okay, yeah.
1: Um, I hope that I do, they do, because I've got a five to follow to write. Yes. It's just going to be the only five games they're on. Yeah, my goodness. So maybe we'll save Spurs yeah. and do a little bit okay. on them on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to the She Believes Cup. The US Women's National Team won or regained the She Believes Cup with a 3-1 win over Japan. Kristen Press scored another worldie. The USA were really impressive. Also. England lost 1-0 to Spain.
0: I've said this before, the problem with that team is not on the pitch. Neville,
1: I think, is on very borrowed time.
0: Vastly overpromoted. Yes. The
1: USA came out with their training shirts inside out in protest at the US soccer lawsuit that's going on. I just want to say this on the record. Fuck US soccer. Honestly. Like, the organisation... The wording in that lawsuit is so
0: arrogant and contemptuous. Disgusting. It's disgusting.
1: It's disgusting and it's disgraceful. And honestly, like, fuck them.
0: This is you know, actually the arrogance of this. There's a quote that white supremacy is the belief that the lowest white man is higher than the the, the, the lowest white man is higher than the highest black man. Yeah. And looking at that wording, I'm like, this is like same same
1: a million miles away. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same
0: thing. It's like the lowest. This is the worst U.S. men's national team in recent memory. It's the worst. Like it's, it's actually offensively bad. There's an arrogance that pervades the institution, which is expressed on the field. The arrogance and the quantifiers against Panama, you know, how dare we go out to them? They went out to them. Right. And to come off the back of that, that performance, a disgraceful performance where you shouldn't be showing like, you should be contrite, right. About the dysfunction of that organization to come out then and be like, we're on a different level to what the women have produced.
1: Can I just chime in a little bit here? Sorry. The reason that people think that even if it's true, the top level of the men's game compared to the top level of the women's game, even if it is true, why the fuck do you think that is? It's because the women's game was banned. Literally banned for 50 years. For 50 years in in Britain where the FA would take away the license of a professional football club if they hosted the women's game. Yeah. At the time that they banned it and the decade before, the women's game was pulling as big crowds as the men's game. Absolutely. If the women's game over that sustained amount of time had had the same growth, exposure, funding, do you know what I mean? And support, then it would be on the same level. We wrote a tweet from the Stadio account about this on International Women's Day and it's like, I cannot understand why it's such a hard thing for people to get their head around. It's like, whether the level is different or not, it's completely irrelevant. Whether you want to watch it or not is completely irrelevant. And I really mean this. There is enough money and coverage floating around sports federations and sports media. It's on every single federation, media outlet or whatever to all do their bit, no matter how big or small that is. Because obviously we have limited, very limited resources here at Stadio and we can't cover stuff all the time. But we talk about women's football, not because we're some... Fucking woke bros or whatever, it's because it's football. Yeah. And it's amazing. There are so many positives about it at the moment, which you just don't get from the men's game. Exactly. Because it's on different trajectories. Because it is. That's just, it's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's the evolution of that sport. When it's been suppressed so long.
0: Can I be cynical as well? You have to, sorry, just to finish, like,
1: if you're a federation, or your stadio, this tiny little podcast with a little website and stuff like that. It's on every single institution, no matter how big or small, to support and promote the women's game. Because, yes. and stuff like this, the most successful national team in the US, yeah, and the week of what it happened yeah. as well, specifically, not that it should matter because it should never happen, but it's just like, honestly, reading that stuff, man, it's like, Do no not sca- wonder women are completely at their like wits' end about stuff like this because it's
0: like what else do you have to do yeah what else have to do anyway no 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 no. actually i think it's great because it it, is kind of this is the week the same sort of fortnight we've seen elizabeth warren have to drop out even though she's been an incredible president people disagree with me in this podcast and we're entitled their own opinions it's not political podcast i know that but the treatment of elizabeth warren in so many respects that felt so gender related for this to happen around the same time it just feels like it's not about competence. It's not about excellence. It never was, yeah. right? It's, it's, it was not about excellence. And I think you make a great point. And I will say this as well. Like, I love everything you've said. And I kind of, I don't want to say too much to add to it because you speak my thoughts on this um, really, absolutely. The one thing I would add is that I've also seen that aggressive disinterest in promoting women's game at close quarters in just the last few months. I've seen Same. situations where people could just make a tiny investment to prioritise institutions, football teams, women's football teams that were doing outstanding work. And then on the radar, I'm thinking you've got this incredible asset, this women's football team doing really well. And you're like, you're not promoting it. You're not making the effort. And you go and talk to these people, go, this is what you can do. And then you sit back and you think, oh, you don't care. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you don't get it, it's that you do get it and you don't want it to be successful because you're afraid that if you promote it, no one's going to want to watch you. If women get the territory, you've got women golfers now 50, 60 years ago. it's It's like the Negro Leagues. If we put black, black people into baseball, they're going to dominate. And of course, we've had black MVPs since then, black World Series winners, and the same with women. If we allow them the level playing field, we realise that it's not about gender supremacy. I said it's, it's never about white supremacy, it's actually white mediocrity. And the same with gender, it's not gender supremacy, it's gender mediocrity. And the, the one thing I will say to conclude on this, the thing that really interests me and kind of scares me is how many sets of eyes that statement went past. Yeah, they sat and, there and it didn't get flagged. No, a whole yeah. team of a whole team of men looked at that and they cheered it on. Yeah,
1: I'd recommend going and read Susie Rack's piece. Yeah, she wrote a really good piece about the US winning the She Believes Cup. She's and got the a book coming as well. She's she got, got yeah, a book deal. Yeah. Shout, book... hey, shout out to Susie!
0: Hey, shout! In the middle of all of this, Susie Rack sold a book. My goodness, I know. <laughs> oh, she's, wow, she's a don. She's absolutely don.
1: Big up the US Women's National Team. Big things. Also, Kristen Press is dangerously close to being that underrated but not really underrated
0: yeah oh my goodness the goal that she scored she floats this chip it was that stab it's interesting because there's two types of chip there's the chip where you stab your foot under the ball mm. and leave the foot planted she did that but she kind of she, she, she put she stabbed her foot under the ball but she kind of like fizzed it through a bit yeah. afterwards floated it through afterwards does that make sense yeah oh
1: lovely goal glorious right let's move on to a couple of things. We've got a couple of questions before we wrap, I think. Okay, we had one from Charith Munasinghe. With Regani testing positive, what happens to that Juve squad? Will they all have to go into quarantine? I think they will do anyway because everything's locked down. There's no game, so.
0: I had a chat with my friend Sheridan yesterday. Um, He's out. I've mentioned before, uh, Sheridan Bird. Shout out to him. Everything completely under. And like, it's really serious. You know, the ICU situation. So few beds available. And so he's only leaving the house now for essentials. Mm. Just to go and get food and come back in. So yeah, no public gatherings, all that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that'll probably happen here soon, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we cancelled that London trip. That that's we were right. Gonna do I mean we're probably what a week or two behind Italy? Yeah, it's small. So thing. It's just already
0: I find my behaviour patterns changing. For example, I was going to go to a pub last night, watch the game, Liverpool game, but last night the bar was fairly empty. Yeah, watched at a friend's place. Had a bit of a shop for like just tin stuff, just because you want to just have stuff at, at home to yeah. like make sure you're you're okay and stuff. And um, we
1: were kind of chatting about this, weren't we? Saying that we're kind of. Probably get it, yeah, exactly. But it's not really about the fear of getting it; it's about the fear of passing it on. for Yeah, us. on a so personal note, my yeah. Mom,
0: yeah, my mum's in her seventies, so for yeah. me to go back and work in the UK and stay in her house, it just feels irresponsible. And it's not
1: absolutely essential that
0: we go. So, no, ab- absolutely, you know, yeah. Yeah.
1: we can, we can, you know, do without. Yeah, we can do it. Quite excited about just staying at home for a bit.
0: I'm quite excited about how mature a lot of people in my immediate circle have been about this whole thing, like yeah. the decision making they've taken, the stuff they've avoided doing, all in a very kind of like. Careful, rational assessment of the stuff, the information they've been given. I think it's been that's been quite encouraging. I think. Yeah.
1: Uh, football related. Yeah. After that, uh, one from Lewis Ambrose. Shout to Lewis. Yeah. Lewis. And another one from Richard Offeyong. Lewis says, "Will we ever see the quarterfinals anyway?" I think he's suffering, Lewis. He's a he's a Dortmund fan. Oh man. And Richard says, "When do you think UEFA slash FIFA will call it off, rendering the games meaningless?"
0: Here's the thing. The games are never meaningless.
1: Game is the
0: game. The game is, listen, is the, the game. G- the game, stay the game. Listen, the game is the game. Whether <laughs> people see it or not. Exactly. <laughs> I love that you said, oh my goodness, beautiful. Look, I, this I, is the I thing. Think so. I got jokes. You got jokes, you got <laughs> jokes. Rye right, got jokes. Proposition right.
1: Prop right. <laughs> Prop right. <laughs>
0: Prop no. Prop no. <laughs> what I love so much about the game last night, uh, the Atleti game, even if UEFA say, okay, look, we call time on this tournament. What a beautiful final chapter to a novel. If you had to end the Champions League on any note at all, because this game felt like they should have handed out a trophy at the end of it. It felt like, you know, it, it's, you know, you, Atleti fans will watch that again, given the context of their season, all the things going around it. That is one of the high points in Atleti's history, I think. Yeah. Because Atleti so often are the nearly club, the club that don't do it, that don't win the tight games, and they have the tightest game they've had in Europe in a while and they came through in astonishing style. so if it is the way they call it off if you ever do call it in the next few days or a few weeks this game will not be meaningless yeah
1: alright let's get out of here let's do it uh, we're playing out this week with It's Obvious by Au Pairs don't forget to check the five to follow it'll be up on the website on Friday if you're listening to this on Friday check in the description of the podcast will, they'll have a link to take you straight there Apple Podcast rating
0: and review really helps us grow the podcast it does and can I just say to someone who wrote this is actually a real friendship Ryan is actually my friend He's not mine, but I'm, he's my friend. So this is not, we're not faking it. We actually do we like actually, each other. Oh yeah,
1: someone said, it's clear that we're such good friends. It's not really. It's not clear. <laughs> I just needed his Twitter followers to grow this machine. <laughs> 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 right, we'll be back Monday. Have a good weekend. Wash your hands. <laughs>